Chapter fifty six of the Men in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Monsieur de Beaufort. The prince turned round at the moment when Raoul, in order to leave him alone with Athos, was shutting the door and preparing to go with the other officers into an adjoining apartment. Is that the young man I have heard Monsieur le Prince speak so highly of? asked Monsieur de Beaufort it is monseigneur he is quite the soldier let him stay count we cannot spare him remain raoul since monseigneur permits it said athos ma foi he is tall and handsome continued the duke will you give him to me monseigneur if i ask him of you how am i to understand you monseigneur said athos why i call upon you to bid you farewell farewell yes in good truth have you no idea of what i am about to become why i suppose what you have always been monseigneur a valiant prince and an excellent gentleman i am going to become an african prince a bedouin gentleman the king is sending me to make conquests among the arabs what is this you tell me monseigneur strange is it not i the parisian parasance i who have reigned in the faubourgs and have been called king of the halle i am going to pass from the place maubert to the minarets of jigelli from a frondeur i am becoming an adventurer Oh monseigneur if you did not yourself tell me that it would not be credible would it believe me nevertheless and we have but to bid each other farewell this is what comes of getting into favor again into favor yes you smile ha my dear count do you know why i have accepted this enterprise can you guess because your highness loves glory above everything oh no there is no glory in firing muskets at savages i see no glory in that for my part and it is more probable that i shall there meet with something else but i have wished and still wish earnestly my dear count that my life should have that last facet after all the whimsical exhibitions i have seen myself make during fifty years or in short you must admit that it is sufficiently strange to be born the grandson of a king to have made war against kings to have been reckoned among the powers of the age to have maintained my rank to feel henry the fourth within me to be great admiral of france and then to go and get killed at jigelli among all those turks saracens and moors monseigneur you harp with strange persistence on that theme said athos in an agitated voice how can you suppose that so brilliant a destiny will be extinguished in that remote and miserable scene and can you believe upright and simple as you are that if i go into africa for this ridiculous motive i will not endeavor to come out of it without ridicule shall i not give the world cause to speak of me 
and to be spoken of nowadays when there are monsieur le prince monsieur de turenne and many others my contemporaries i admiral of france grandson of henry the fourth king of paris have i anything left but to get myself killed i will be talked of i tell you i shall be killed whether or not if not there somewhere else why monseigneur this is mere exaggeration and hitherto you have shown nothing exaggerated save in bravery peste my dear friend there is bravery in facing scurvy dysentery locusts poisoned arrows as my ancestor saint louis did do you know those fellows still use poisoned arrows and then you know me of old i fancy and you know that when i once make up my mind to a thing i perform it in grim earnest yes you made up your mind to escape from vincennes i but you aided me in that my master and apropos i turned this way and that without seeing my old friend monsieur valgrimaud how is he monsieur valgrimaud is still your highness's most respectful servant said athos smiling i have a hundred pistoles here for him which i bring as a legacy my will is made count oh, monseigneur monseigneur and you may understand that if grimaud's name were to appear in my will the duke began to laugh then addressing raoul who from the commencement of this conversation had sunk into a profound reverie young man said he i know there is to be found here a certain de vouvray wine and i believe raoul left the room precipitately to order the wine in the meantime monsieur de beaufort took the hand of athos what do you mean to do with him asked he nothing at present monseigneur ah yes i know since the passion of the king for la valliere yes monseigneur that is all true then is it i think i know her that little la valliere she is not particularly handsome if i remember right no monseigneur said athos do you know whom she reminds me of does she remind your highness of any one she reminds me of a very agreeable girl whose mother lived in the halle ha ha said athos smiling oh the good old times added monsieur de beaufort yes la valliere reminds me of that girl who had a son had she not i believe she had replied the duke with careless naivete and a complacent forgetfulness of which no words could translate the tone and the vocal expression now here is poor raoul who is your son i believe yes he is my son monseigneur and the poor lad has been cut out by the king and he frets still better monseigneur he abstains you are going to let the boy rust in idleness it is a mistake come give him to me my wish is to keep him at home monseigneur 
I have no longer anything in the world but him, and as long as he likes to remain. Well, well, replied the duke. I could nevertheless have soon put matters to rights again. I assure you, I think he has in him the stuff of which marechals of France are made. I have seen more than one produced from less likely rough material. That is very probable, Monseigneur, but it is the king who makes marechals of France, and Raoul will never accept anything of the king. Raoul interrupted this conversation by his return. He preceded Grimaud, whose still steady hands carried the plateau with one glass and a bottle of the duke's favorite wine. On seeing his old protégé, the duke uttered an exclamation of pleasure. "'Grimaud! Good evening, Grimaud!' said he. "'How goes it?' The servant bowed profoundly, as much gratified as his noble interlocutor. Two old friends,' said the duke, shaking honest Grimaud's shoulder after a vigorous fashion, which was followed by another still more profound and delighted bow from Grimaud. "'But what is this, Count?' only one glass i should not think of drinking with your highness unless your highness permitted me replied athos with noble humility cordieu you were right to bring only one glass we will both drink out of it like two brothers in arms begin count do me the honor said athos gently putting back the glass you are a charming friend replied the duc de beaufort who drank and passed the goblet to his companion but that is not all continued he i am still thirsty and i wish to do honor to this handsome young man who stands here i carry good luck with me vicomte said he to raoul wish for something while drinking out of my glass and may the black plague grab me if what you wish does not come to pass he held the goblet to raoul who hastily moistened his lips and replied with the same promptitude, "'I have wished for something, Monseigneur.' His eyes sparkled with a gloomy fire, and the blood mounted to his cheeks. He terrified Athos, if only with his smile. "'When what have you wished for?' replied the Duke, sinking back into his fauteuil, whilst with one hand he returned the bottle to Grimaud, and with the other gave him a purse." "'Will you promise me, Monseigneur, to grant me what I wish for?' "'Pardieu! That is agreed upon.' "'I wished, Monsieur le Duc, to go with you to Gigelli.' Athos became pale, and was unable to conceal his agitation. The Duke looked at his friend, as if desirous to assist him to parry this unexpected blow. "'That is difficult, my dear Vicomte.' very difficult added he in a lower tone of voice pardon me monseigneur i have been indiscreet replied raoul in a firm voice but as you yourself invited me to wish to wish to leave me said athos oh monsieur can you imagine well mordieu cried the duke the young vicomte is right what can he do here he will go mouldy with grief raoul blushed and the excitable prince continued war is a distraction 
we gain everything by it we can only lose one thing by it life then so much the worse that is to say memory said raoul eagerly and that is to say so much the better he repented of having spoken so warmly when he saw athos rise and open the window which was doubtless to conceal his emotion raoul sprang towards the comte but the latter had already overcome his emotion and turned to the lights with a serene and impassable countenance well come said the duke let us see shall he go or shall he not if he goes comte he shall be my aide-de-camp my son monseigneur cried raoul bending his knee monseigneur cried athos taking the hand of the duke raoul shall do just as he likes oh no monsieur just as you like interrupted the young man par la corbleu said the prince in his turn it is neither the comte nor the vicomte that shall have his way it is i i will take him away the marine offers a superb fortune my friend raoul smiled again so sadly that this time athos felt his heart penetrated by it and replied to him by a severe look raoul comprehended it all he recovered his calmness and was so guarded that not another word escaped him the duke at length rose on observing the advanced hour and said with animation i am in great haste but if i am told i have lost time in talking with a friend i will reply i have gained on the balance a most excellent recruit pardon me monsieur le duc interrupted raoul do not tell the king so for it is not the king i wish to serve eh my friend whom then will you serve the times are past when you might have said i belong to monsieur de beaufort no nowadays we all belong to the king great or small therefore if you serve on board my vessels there can be nothing equivocal about it my dear vicomte it will be the king you will serve athos waited with a kind of impatient joy for the reply about to be made to this embarrassing question by raoul the intractable enemy of the king his rival the father hoped that the obstacle would overcome the desire he was thankful to monsieur de beaufort whose lightness and generous reflection had thrown an impediment in the way of the departure of a son now his only joy but raoul still firm and tranquil replied monsieur le duc the objection you make i have already considered in my mind i will serve on board your vessels because you do me the honor to take me with you but i shall there serve a more powerful master than the king i shall serve god god how so said the duke and athos together my intention is to make profession and become a knight of malta added bragelonne letting fall one by one words more icy than the drops which fall from the bare trees after the tempests of winter under this blow athos staggered and the prince himself was moved grimaud uttered a heavy groan and let fall the bottle which was broken without anybody paying attention monsieur de beaufort looked the young man in the face and read plainly though his eyes were cast down 
the fire of resolution before which everything must give way as to athos he was too well acquainted with that tender but inflexible soul he could not hope to make it deviate from the fatal road it had just chosen he could only press the hand the duke held out to him comte i shall set off in two days for toulon said m de beaufort will you meet me at paris in order that i may know your determination i will have the honor of thanking you there mon prince for all your kindness replied the comte and be sure to bring the vicomte with you whether he follows me or does not follow me added the duke he has my word and i only ask yours having thrown a little balm upon the wound of the paternal heart he pulled the ear of grimaud whose eyes sparkled more than usual and regained his escort in the parterre the horses rested and refreshed set off with spirit through the lovely night and soon placed a considerable distance between their master and the chateau athos and bragelonne were again face to face eleven o'clock was striking the father and son preserved a profound silence toward each other where an intelligent observer would have expected cries and tears but these two men were of such a nature that all emotion following their final resolutions plunged itself so deep into their hearts that it was lost for ever they passed then silently and almost breathlessly the hour that preceded midnight the clock by striking alone pointed out to them how many minutes had lasted the painful journey made by their souls in the immensity of the remembrances of the past and fear of the future athos rose first saying it is late then till tomorrow raoul rose and in his turn embraced his father the latter held him clasped to his breast and said in a tremulous voice in two days you will have left me my son left me forever raoul monsieur replied the young man i had formed a determination that of piercing my heart with my sword but you would have thought that cowardly i have renounced that determination and therefore we must part you leave me desolate by going raoul listen to me again monsieur i implore you if i do not go i shall die here of grief and love i know how long a time i have to live thus send me away quickly monsieur or you will see me basely die before your eyes in your house this is stronger than my will stronger than my strength you may plainly see that within one month i have lived thirty years and that i approach the end of my life then said athos coldly you go with the intention of getting killed in africa oh, tell me do not lie raoul grew deadly pale and remained silent for two seconds which were to his father two hours of agony then all at once monsieur said he i have promised to devote myself to god in exchange for the sacrifice i make of my youth and liberty i will only ask of him one thing and that is to preserve me for you because you are the only tie which attaches me to this world 
God alone can give me the strength not to forget that I owe you everything, and that nothing ought to stand in my esteem before you. Athos embraced his son tenderly and said, You have just replied to me on the word of honor of an honest man. In two days we shall be with Monsieur de Beaufort at Paris, and you will then do what will be proper for you to do. You are free, Raoul. Adieu. And he slowly gained his bedroom. Raoul went down into the garden and passed the night in the alley of limes. End of chapter 56. Recording by John Van Stan. Savannah, Georgia.